we're gonna get started. Okay. I am well. here with sticks. Yes, that's sticks me. Sticks and stones. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you doing today? How are I'm you? I'm good. I'm good. In your, in yeah. your life and everything that's going on. I with am you? surviving. Yeah, it's been a long year. <laughs> that's for damn sure. <laughs> Hell yeah! So, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your drag, and I don't mm-hmm. really want to get too much into like the local scene and mm-hmm. stuff. Sure. Because. Um, I know that soon you're probably going to be podcasting with Josh, Fit for a Queen podcast. At some point, I think sometime next year. And um, he's very up to date in the whole like drag Mm -hmm. scene and like he knows everything. So I want to, I want to like let him have his moment with that. Sure. Absolutely. So I want to get more personal with you and your drag and what it means to you Mm -hmm. and everything like that. So you just like. Give us a little, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going to warn you. I've been talking about drag for 80 years. That's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, we have as much time as you want. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about it and I will continue to talk about it forever. Um, but yeah, where do you want me to start? Um, what kind of introduced you to the world of drag? Like what influenced you to go towards yeah. that kind of? Well, I actually initially didn't like drag. Um, I wasn't very aware of the queer culture. I mean, just because I grew up like obviously like I grew up homeschooled and like super conservative Christian and so like of course like even when I was out at like 18 I still was like drag queens are weird and like I didn't (laughs) understand it but then of course I watched Drag Race and like I was opened up to this idea of like that thing that I loved as a kid of like you know when you get to like create your own character in a video game like it's exactly that like you get to kind of become your own superhero and I was very like oh okay like everything that I love about theater which is like my job is like you get to roll it all in one. You get to do costumes, you get to do makeup, you get to do choreography, you get to create a concept. And so for me, it's like this perfect little package of like, you get to like create this little world and then be like, here, I made you this thing. Watch me do it. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. That's so awesome. So I know that you des- you do a lot of designs for, your, for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. do you create all of your costumes? Not all of them, but if I'm going to do any sort of costume that I buy offline, I usually will like zhuzh it up because yeah, for me it's it. like I don't want to look like everybody else right <laughs> like, you want to put your own little twist it's on very it. it has to have like a unique taste for it to be like my thing so yeah. but that's what I've heard a lot of people say to me after the fact is that like what they like about my drag is that it's like a unique perspective that doesn't really exist in Ohio so that's what yeah I like. definitely <laughs> you, you are you've seen it yeah I think <laughs> you've you seen are you're like <laughs> like genuinely though because I've, I've seen a few drag shows mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not like a Super, <laughs> like super, <laughs> like super a, fan of drag. Right. But like, That's I've, I've seen like a like a good amount of drag shows. Yeah. And you're, you definitely bring like a different flavor. I appreciate that. Yeah, to to the scene for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it's just really interesting, and I and I love what you do. I Thank you. I really appreciate it. it really, it, no, like it <laughs> really, it. It, it really does like inspire me. Of Thank course. you. Like, it's, like it's means a lot to me. That's the goal. I want everybody to like feel like they can like take something from it. Um, cause I feel like a lot of drag queens, it's like, I want to be like fierce or like what, I, and it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, I want to do that. But I also want to like give you something to chew on. Like if I'm yeah. going to do an emotional number, I want it to be super emotional. If I'm going to do a scary number, I want you to be scared. Like, it's like, I want you to feel like you have like something meaty to watch because it's like, it's not just like, oh, work. It's like, oh, there's like a lot going on here. There's like layers to it. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed a lot with your work, too. It's like there's a story involved. There should always be a story. Which, <laughs> yeah. which I, I don't often see. It doesn't happen a lot here in yeah. Cincinnati. It's more of a thing um, in other places, but it is, it's a lot 
it's 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 a very specific thing. It's a very specific style of drag. Because I mean, that that's the thing is that drag is just like a microphone. It's like some people want to be singers, some people want to be dancers, and so it's like if what you do is dance, then that's what you do. If you're a lip sync artist, that's what you do. And it's like so for me, it's like well, I'm a storyteller. I want to yeah. give you a concept, and even if it's like the smallest concept I can give you, it still should have like. A world around it like every look I have like okay this is who this girl is you know what yeah. I mean like this is the vibe that you're getting so <laughs> that's awesome so tell me a little bit about your transition from like doing theater mm-hmm. into drag I mean obviously like, that's like the bridge you know what yeah. I mean because most yeah. queens are like well I was a theater kid um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like drag and theater are the same because it's all about like creating anticipation or creating like a, a, a through line of like beginning middle end um, so I mean obviously like Theater is drag and drag is theater. They're the same thing. Yeah. It's just a different vibe. So, I mean, okay. starting out in theater, it sort of made sense because I was like, well, I was already kind of playing in makeup and I was already sort of playing around with, like, costumes and that's what I got a degree in, is costumes. So it was like, awesome. already I was kind of trying to think of, like, how do you tell a person's story by the clothes that they wear? And then, like, through that I was, like, creating this character of Stixon and who she was and then being like, okay, how do I, from across the bar, tell you who this woman is just by look and like that's what what I'm most inspired by and like playing with is like that's what excites me is being like okay this is the look and this is the silhouette and this is what it's gonna look like at the end yeah that's awesome (laughs) where did you come up with the name for it and like the it was given to me actually really yeah it's which is not a thing um (laughs) it's not a thing I fully stole it um (laughs) there was a queen who was on YouTube her name is Roxanne Stones yeah and so on Tumblr said someone said you should have a daughter named Sticks and Stones and I immediately messaged her and was like can I be your drag daughter? I love that name. And she was like, I'm not interested in having a drag daughter, but like, you're welcome to have that name. Um, so I took the name and ran with it. And so it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, I didn't come up with the name, but yeah. like I've enveloped it completely. And that queen is no longer doing drag, but she, or not, sorry, sorry. She is doing drag, but she's no longer doing drag under rock sandstones, oh, okay. but it's cool. Cause we're still in contact and we still like message each other on Instagram and stuff. So like, it's, it's cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> but so it's kind cool. of a weird little vibe. <laughs> yeah. That's it's so, so awesome. interesting. I think about this all the time because now that I'm, transitioning into like being I'm always been non-binary but I'm like using the name sticks mm-hmm. and I'm changing my pronouns it's like it's so weird because this person whose name I don't know who I've never met in my life <laughs> who fully just like suggested some stupid little thing to a drag queen now my entire life has been shifted because of this little thing that someone gave someone else that then that person gave to me so crazy it's so weird yeah it's like informed my entire life and sometimes I wonder I'm like does that person know like Anything like, you about. almost want to, like, reach out to them, I know, like, I thank like, you. you changed my life, even though I don't know who you are, and I don't know your name, and I don't know if you would be mad that I, like, took your idea, but, but yeah, it was kind of like a handoff. It's kind of cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So, when did you kind of realize that you were non-binary? Like, what was that kind of like It's for kind you? of a weird thing. Um, I always thought that, because for a while I was like, oh, I'm just, like, a gay man. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that all gay men felt comfortable with, like oh, I want to wear that dress, or, oh, I want to wear that makeup. And I just thought that was, like, a normal thing. Um, But it wasn't until, like, Tumblr that I just became aware. And that's why, like, I I hate this conversation that we have of, like, the internet's ruining everything. Because it's like, yes, there's good and bad, but also it's like, yeah, but I wouldn't have known I was non-binary or genderqueer without knowing what that was and being like, oh, okay, not everybody's like this. This isn't a normal thing. 
and I also don't have to settle because I think for a long time I was like, well, I'll just settle for making clothes for other people that I want to wear. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't want to make a dress for that girl over there. I want to make a dress for me. That's like my thing. And it should be okay for me to wear it. Um, so I always, I mean, that is like my earliest memory is I remember being younger and being like, I'm not a boy. I wasn't a girl, but I was like, I don't know. But I didn't know what that was. And I mean, in a conservative Christian home, how are you going to know what that is? And no one's going to talk to you. You know what I mean? It was like girl versus boy. Um, So it really was just Tumblr and then getting into the queer scene and meeting people. And that's what's great about the drag scene is it really is. I mean, there's definitely a lot of bullshit when it comes to gender. But the nice thing is it's just sort of like you kind of take people how they are. Yeah. And gender is so fluid. And that's why I like drag shows. Like there's a drag queen who talks about how drag is like co-signing on your dream. So it's like when you walk into a drag club your idea of what a man and woman is is now up to me and you're co-signing on that. You know what I mean? That for a while you get to believe that, you know, so-and-so is a woman or so-and-so is a man or in my case I'm like a demon or you know what I mean? It's like (laughs) you're co-signing on this idea that gender is this sort of fluid joke that we can make fun of and so it's sort of like a cool utopia that we get to live in for like three hours because it's like, well, you know full well that this person might be transgender or they might be a male dressing as a woman or a woman dressing as a man or a non-binary person but for these three hours we all get to play around in the sandbox of what gender looks like and be like this isn't real you know what I mean like (laughs) we get to play with it if only like society as a whole could be like that that would that's the the hope I think yeah and that's why I want more people to see drag shows because I think that it perpetuates this idea of like oh well you can play around yeah like it doesn't have to be this like crazy thing and I mean like it happens here and there where it's like I'm seeing it a little bit more and more in society um I think a lot about there's a the actor who is in uh American Horror Story who played the Antichrist Mm -hmm. he's been doing a lot of like weird eyeshadow looks and kind of playing with gender on like the red carpet and like we're seeing those things you know it's like it's it's around it's just we're in that weird place of like we're in between where it's like we're so we're evolving but we're also going backwards yeah we're also like so far removed exactly it's like both shut up the president's hey oh yeah very that so how was dealing with your own identity and being in that type of household i mean it was pretty miserable um that's what's kind of crazy about this year for me is it's i'm really starting to understand um like i just got out of a pretty rough relationship and it made me aware of, I was like, oh, I have childhood trauma. Like, I had no <laughs> idea. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, because I didn't know. Um, but it, it's, And you don't. And sometimes it just, know. it literally mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere. Actually, um, a podcast is about to post that mm-hmm. I did myself yeah. in about an hour. And I kind of like talk about how you don't really mm-hmm. know it until, until you're ready to know it. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, it was just one of those things where like, I always was like, oh, you're just being, like, too sensitive, or, oh, you made a big deal out of nothing, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, no, I was constantly rejected from every community that I was in, I was rejected by my family in a lot of ways, Um, I was rejected by my friends, you know what I mean, it's like, it was just this constant running state of trauma, and now that I'm aware of it, it's like, oh, this is a whole jumble of things I need to deal with, Um, so it's been, it's been a road, uh, and I don't know. I don't, that's where I'm at. I'm kind of in this weird space where I'm like, I don't really know what the next step is because how do you deal with this rat's nest of trauma where you're like, it's all interconnected and it's all like, oh my God, like I can't pull one thing out with like this thing over here popping up and it's like, you can't deal with one issue because it's all 
the same issue. You know yeah, what I mean? Just exactly. interconnected. Yeah, no, that's what I find as well. Because obviously our, our traumas are far different from one another. Yeah. But the cool thing about trauma is everyone's trauma could be, could manifest itself in a completely different mm-hmm. way. But everybody else kind of relates in like a similar roundabout way. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and I think the cool thing nowadays too about, you know, psychology and all that kind of stuff is it's advancing and it's developing and we're finding mm-hmm. all new kinds of ways to like mm-hmm. deal with things, which yeah. is awesome. So are That's you great. like doing anything in terms of like trauma work like yeah i'm seeing a therapist um so that's been good it's just it's yeah it's such a process you know um because i feel like i I get so anxious when i'm in the office because i'm always like i just there's so much i have to figure out yeah um and so it's just like i don't even know where to start yeah with with some of the stuff but but yeah i'm doing some um my my first therapist that i talked to um, she talked to me about, I think, EMDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She talked yeah. to me a little bit about that, and then she, like, moved to another office. Of so I haven't... Right. Yeah, so of now course. That's therapist. what happens. Yeah, right. It's not always how it goes. I was like, we're, we were so cool, and I liked her a lot, and then she was like, I'm sorry. I was like, She's fine. like, fuck off. That's what happened to me, yeah. literally. Okay, so the last two therapists I've had... Yeah. Pregnant. Oh, no. And a psychiatrist I had got oh, pregnant. Oh, no. <laughs> they literally left right. me, and it's like, and it, it solidifies both mm-hmm. my fear of pregnancy... Yep. <laughs> abandonment. Like. I know. I know. She was so worried because she was like, oh, you have abandonment issues. And then she was like, I'm sorry. I have to leave you. And she's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. Like, I was like, it's not a big deal. It's like, girl, I'm done with the worst. Come on. You think this is going to shake me? <laughs> yeah. But so my new therapist, she's like doing more like mindfulness and stuff. But, you know, it's just, it's hard to find like that perfect fit. Yeah. A therapist. But I mean, for me, it's like, as long as you can listen to me and be the, cool with the fact that I'm a queer person, like. Yeah, because I imagine that's cool. that that's like a whole. It makes it very difficult. To different <laughs> thing for you, oh, yeah. a whole different challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, because I went, I did conversion therapy for a while too. Oh wow! Yeah, which was not. That's by choice crazy. or. Well, is it ever by choice? <laughs> um, I don't know. But so for me, it was like when I was younger. So I never really had a childhood, in my opinion. Um, Retweet. Right. Well, that's what's crazy is I'm like, I, I feel like really childish at times in the way I respond to things. And it's like, well, it's because I never really, like I grew up too fast because from the get go I had anxiety. Like I had, I would have panic attacks about the weather when I was like nine years old. You know what I mean? And then, um, like my queerness started coming up. And so then it was like, I have this whole issue with my parents and like needing their validation and like my self-esteem being based on that. So I went to conversion therapy because it, there wasn't another choice. Yeah. But of course I wanted to please them. So it's weird because it's like, well, I went by choice, but it also was... Yeah, but it really wasn't your choice. ...more for them yeah. than it was for me. And I mean, also when you have hell staring at you, it's like, well, either I can go to hell or I can go to conversion therapy. Like, not a good choice. Um, but the thing about it is, is like, it's weird because it's like, it wasn't necessarily the conversion therapy that was that bad. Because for me, it wasn't physical. Like, there are a lot of people where it's like, it'll be more physical. It'll be more like... I don't know, some people I've talked to have been, like, physically, like, harmed in that process. Um, but for me, it was, it was like, going to a normal therapist in the sense that it was, like, you'd sit down and talk and whatever, but it was very damaging in the sense that it's, like, well, I was talking about sexual things with my dad and my therapist all in one room, and, like, having to delve into that part of yourself and kind of feel ashamed of it um, was hard. But that was the thing, is, like... Especially when you have people reinforcing the ideas that that's wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, like... Again, that's so connected with my drags. It's yeah. like, I was kind of led to believe, like, you're closer to hell um, because you're queer. And then, like, I mean, I even remember thinking, like, am I closer to demonic possession? 
because I'm a queer person, because mm-hmm. that's definitely a suggestion of like, oh, if you're gay, then therefore there's a demon inside you that needs to be exercised. And that's where a lot of them do get really physical. Yeah. Um, and I've heard some pretty crazy horror stories about that. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like, it was damaging in the sense that it was like, I was trying to stop this part of myself that's like just so integral to who I am. Which then, of course, led me down all these awful pathways of, like, oh, yeah. self-harm and, like, not eating and all this shit that's, like, I wouldn't have gone through it if I didn't have this, like, validation of, like, you don't have to do that to, like, apologize for who you are. Um, but for me, like, honestly, like, I don't really... It, conversion therapy was hard, but it wasn't as bad as, like, after I came out again. Like, I came out the first time to my parents, and then after I came out and was like, okay, I'm going to be out and proud... Um, they continued to go to like a support group that this therapist um, was leading that was like for parents that were like basically ashamed of their kids. And for me, like I talked to my therapist about that one day and I just like couldn't stop weeping about it because I was like, I didn't realize that it made such a big impact on me, but it was this huge impact of like, you're choosing someone else's voices over mine. Yeah. You're choosing this narrative over the narrative that I, your child, am handing to Yeah, your own child. Yeah. Exactly. And that has done more damage to me than conversion therapy did. But of course, I mean, can you really go through conversion therapy and be like, I'm great. Like, no, it, was, <laughs> yeah, no. it wasn't fun either. Like, right. But yeah, it was a process. So are your parents, you know, s- slowly becoming okay with it or? They're I mean... trying. Um, they're a lot better than they used to be. I'll give them that. They're, they're growing. But again, like that doesn't help me at all because it's like, well, I'm the forcer. You know what I mean? Like I'm the kid that was like, hey, I'm going to watch secular cartoons. I'm going to read Harry Potter. And like I was the the black sheep in that way and I continue to be um they're way better than they used to be but I know that like for my mom especially it's really hard my dad's always been like pretty chill like my dad works in the health field so he's met like trans people and his brother's gay and stuff like that so it's like it it wasn't as hard for him but my mom really struggles with a lot of that stuff um they're coming around they like (laughs) I feel like I'm like the breaker in the family because it's like okay I came out then I started doing drag, and now I'm like, okay, I'm also not a boy. And so it's, like, this whole thing of it's just, like, this constant, like, I just keep being the one to be, like, also. Like, you know what I <laughs> like mean? Like, another thing. Which doesn't help my self-esteem at all. Because <laughs> it's like, well, great. Like, yet another thing that is just, like, a huge roadblock for the family to deal with. But it shouldn't have to feel that way. Either. Yeah, you no, know? it shouldn't at crazy. all. But I'm proud of you Thank for you. doing that and doing what you have to do for yourself and I being able it. to... You know, be proud of who you are despite all of these, yeah. you know, Yeah, pride is an everyday thing. It really yeah. is. It's like you have to choose it more than anything else, I think, which is, like, hard. Yeah. But. And that's what's wild to me when people are so, like, oh, it's just a phase or it's, like, a choice or whatever. Right. Like, mm. Well, I'm seeing that a lot with non-binary people. I've had a lot of parents come to me that are like, I think my kid is non-binary, but I don't... I, it might just be a phase, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, because what I've seen is that the world will kick it out of you if it's not real. Like, because if you're like, I think I might be non-binary, but you're really not, it's going to get kicked out of you because you're going to deal with this pressure and it's going to be like, nope, that's not true for me. Like, you're going to walk away from it real fast, whether or not you realize that. So I've just had a lot of parents come to me that are like, I don't know. And I'm like, just let it happen. You know right. what I mean? Because don't question it. Just let them do it. The more you fight it, the worse it's going to be for them. You know? And I think I've seen that across the board. So it's hard. Yeah, I bet. I like, I... Can't even imagine. <laughs> I, I mean, it's its own, you know, it's its own thing. I feel like it's like, you just, it, it, it's your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, for me, it, dysphoria is normal. 
body dysphoria is like every day you know what I mean it's like so for me that's how I view the world so it's like yeah it makes sense to me but uh, then again like how many people do I know that are rape victims that like their world every day is a different end of fear than mine is and it's like that's just how you survive whether or not you you know whether if it makes sense to somebody else or not like that's just how you survive and it's just about communicating it yes I think that's interesting you made that parallel as well because I know with me being mm-hmm. kind of like a victim of childhood trauma, it's like every day you're questioning whether like a new memory will come up mm-hmm. or something will like trigger it to come back. Oh, or yeah. So every day mm-hmm. is like a new battle that you kind of have it's to It's walking on eggshells. But yeah. it's like, that's what I think is beautiful. I mean, I don't, I don't know if beautiful is the right word, but I guess it's like I really respond to the fact of like people... I don't know. My th- my original therapist told me she was like, "You are a burn victim, and every day you're walking around and you're bumping things and you're getting hurt in a way that other people aren't understanding." And it's like we have to survive on our own, whereas other people may not, who haven't had that trauma, don't understand that it's yeah. like we're resetting our own broken bones, whether or not we're resetting them properly or not. It's like it's live or die for us. Yeah. Um, and I see that a lot with people who have been through rape and stuff because it's like. I didn't even realize, again, like, my childhood trauma came up. I didn't even realize it's, like, sometimes if people touch me and I don't know that they're going to touch me, it's, like, I jerk, like, I yeah. do all that. Like, yeah. I have certain physical responses to things that I was, like, I was just thought that that was normal. And it's, like, no, no, that's not normal at all. Like, yeah. that's, like, a, a survival instinct that most people don't necessarily have. Yeah. And I think I see that only with, like, certain types of trauma. Um, but then again, I mean, how many people do we know that have been through rape and molestation at this point? It's, like, it's an epidemic. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, like, there's like not one person that you meet that has oh, to I go know. through it. I know. And that's, like, so disturbing to me. And I don't know. Yeah. And that's one reason why Stixon is the way she is, is I was, like, we need somebody that's, like, this, like, no. You know what I mean? That's, like, not that yeah. that does anything, but it's, like, for me, I always think about rape victims in that way and people who have been through stuff like we have because it's, like, when I was a kid, I was, like, what? no one's fighting for us. Yeah. So in a way, I was like, I wanted a character that's like, she sees injustice and she destroys it. Whether or not it's the right way, sometimes it's too savage, but it's like, I wanted that persona of like, she takes no shit and she'll destroy it when she needs to if she sees injustice. And like, that's that's the goal. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and I bet that's very cathartic for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It feels, I mean, for me, it's always like this joke of like, I grew up fearing the things that sticks in it. You know what I mean? So it's like, she's kind of like looking in this mirror of like making friends with your monster because it's like, I was scared of demons when I was a kid. I was scared of like, I mean, and I continue to be scared of like being attacked on the street. And so it's like to play this character that's like the one with the knife in her hand feels good because it's like for three hours a night, I get to be the one that's like, no, 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 no. You're, I get, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't have to be scared of you. You have to be scared of me. Yeah. And that feels really, like, empowering to be able to be this kind of thing that's, like, nobody fucks with you. <laughs> like, <That's awesome. laughs> I've not had any issues with people coming up to me in the street. Especially when I start, like, when I wear contacts and stuff, people don't fuck with me. Hell yeah. Which feels, like, I'm so, like, I'm always like, oh, no, people are in right. It's like, no, no, <laughs> people don't even want to look me in the eye. <laughs> Which is, like, good. You shouldn't want to look me in the right, eye. Like, 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 you should be scared. <laughs> Right, exactly. I'm either gonna hurt you or I'm gonna steal your boyfriend. Either way, you will not or like both. it. Or both. <laughs> you don't know what kind of day I'm having. You know what? <laughs> yeah, very that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about you know dysphoria mm-hmm. and things like that. So will you describe that for me? Yeah. Well, I always try to describe it. If you've never been through it, it's like 
when you want to like lose weight in a certain area, it's like that because it feels like you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, that's just not right. Yeah. And you look at all these things that you want to be different, but the thing about dysmorphia versus, um, you know, like losing weight, it's like losing weight. There's a lot of steps you can take and they're probably not going to cost you money. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's like in order for me to feel happy in my body, I have to like spend thousands and thousands of dollars basically yeah, to get to a place where I'm comfortable in my body. Um, so it's very, I, I feel like it's very similar to that because it's this, this way of looking at your body and you're like, this isn't, this isn't who I am. Yeah. Um, but the unfortunate thing like that I tried to explain to my parents when I talked to them about this is like, it's not something you can really live with because it's like, it follows you around all day because you're like, you're at work, people are calling you the wrong name or they're calling you the wrong pronoun. You go to a restaurant, people call you sir or whatever. And it's like, it's just an everyday issue. Um, and like, luckily, I mean, I've had a lot of people, like once I started changing my pronouns and once I started like changing my name, people have been pretty receptive to it. Um, but yeah, then the other day I just had somebody that was just like, oh, well, I'm like, I don't get it. It's like, it's not for you to get. Yeah. You don't like, have to fucking get it. Just deal with it. Just right. Just respect me if you want. You know what right. I mean? Like if you that don't want to respect me. So me. Oh, it pissed me off. Cause I was like, I don't care if you like it or not. You know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a common daily issue you have. And like even going in public bathrooms, like I hate going oh to the men's God. restroom. It's the worst, but either I go to the men's restroom and deal with the fact that I can get harmed in there because I'm definitely femme presenting or I can go into the women's restroom and get slapped with a sexual predator, like right there, boom, like you're done. So it's just like, there's no choice. So it's frustrating to me because it's like there's so many people that fight the the trans world and like non-binary people and it's like we're just trying to like breathe. So yeah. if you want to respect me a little bit, that would be great because every day I have to deal with all these obstacles that I have to walk into every single day. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, like, I don't really feel like respecting you right now. It's like, it's like too hard for me. <laughs> but like I say that as if I've had a lot of people come up to me and be that way, but I haven't. I mean, for, for the most part, I've been very lucky that most people, if they don't understand it, have at least come to me and tried to talk to me about it or haven't talked to me about it at all and just kind of stay away from it. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard because I haven't had a whole lot of resistance in that way. So, What's been the most rewarding thing for you about this whole process? Because I know it's... About coming out or about, or like gender or... Yeah, like all of it kind of. What is like the most rewarding thing? Because I know it can, from what you've described, it's a very difficult fight every single day. Well, I mean, just even in changing my name, I've had a lot of people where it's like, I haven't even... I mean, like I made a post about it on Facebook, but most people have come up to me and said things. But for me, the most rewarding thing is like, like I just did a show... Um, at the Carnegie called In Love and Warcraft and I it's the first show that I've designed the costumes for under this new name and under these new pronouns and working with people I knew almost all of them walking into the room and I was like oh this is going to be tough because I'm going to have to like tell people like no you can't use this name anymore and blah 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 and it was like I don't know if like the director said something or what but it was like from the jump everyone knew my name people were pretty chill about my pronouns and it was like it was like no fight. So it's like what's remarkable to me is the people that you don't even, they don't even have to say anything. You don't have to tell them. They just have like caught on that's going on and they just like no. And that to me is like, the, it always makes me want to cry because it's just like you, you didn't, I didn't have to ask you. I didn't have to go through this dramatic thing of having to be like, 
I'm changing my name. Like, it <laughs> right. shouldn't even be a big deal. But, right. like, it's it's just that easy. And knowing that people are listening and, like, giving a shit is just, like... Yeah, When you've been awesome. through the stuff that we've been through, it's, like... Yeah. Earth-shattering to be, like, oh, you paid attention to what I... Like, you respected me? Wow, that means so much. Because <laughs> I don't deserve it, right? Like, isn't that no, it, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. You treated me like a human being? Thank you. <laughs> no way. I've never felt this before. <sighs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> No, definitely. But that's great. I'm I'm really glad that you have support around you and people that are. It's been really it. like, it's good. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> There's gotta like a lot to process. Right, gotta love it. After being all like traumatic and shit for like a good <laughs> few minutes. Yeah. What is in store for Sticks and Stones? A lot of things. A lot of things coming up. Um. I know you were a busy bee lately. I'm super busy. Um, yeah, I'm just working a lot downtown. I mean, I have my own show, which is kind of cool. Like. That's, I think, what's cool about, like, our friendship that I super appreciate is, like, you have a show and, like, it's, like... <laughs> and they sometimes fall, like, on the same night. Like, I know, it's, like, crazy. I know, I was, like, what up? <laughs> if you're in Mason, go down to the society. <laughs> like, if you're downtown, come see me at odds. Right. But it's, like, it's cool. I was Because I was thinking about it when we were talking about doing this. Is I was, like, what I love is, like, that we're both offering places for people to be different and to use their unique voices. Um, so, yeah, I have my show Odd, which is really cool that, like was basically thrown into my lap that was not my idea and now it's like okay this is my baby and now I have to take care of it um so I do that and then I'm at main event a lot which you saw me there the other day um yeah I'm like starting to kind of like branch out I just did a show in Columbus the other day which was crazy and like yeah I'm like my goal this year um was to have 2,000 uh followers on Instagram and to get booked in like Ohio Kentucky and Indiana, I think. But I don't know if I got... I didn't get Indiana. But I'm, like, starting to branch out in Kentucky. I just got branched out into Columbus. So, like, it's kind of cool to be able to, like... This thing that I wanted, I can finally be like, oh, okay, I can, like, go to another city and, like, make room there, too. That's so, awesome. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And I know that you were... Um, you were on the RuPaul's thing on Facebook. What was that Oh, that like? was a while ago. Wait, Yeah, that was RuPaul forever thing? ago. What, was it, like... Which one? Because are you talking about... You got, like, you got super far up on the list. Like, it was, like, oh, yeah, between it was you really and one other list. person. Yeah, well, so that was a weird, crazy moment. Because um, it wasn't, it wasn't RuPaul, but it was, it was a wish list that was on, like, a popular queer website of, like, people that you'd want to see on Drag Race that season. And so, oh, okay. I don't know, like, what happened or how it happened, but I just, like, put up, like, oh, I'm on this list. And all of a sudden, I was at the top of the list for, like, two or three days. And then, like, obviously, like, there are a lot of other performers that are, like, almost on Drag Race that people want to see more, obviously. But it was just, like, a cool little moment of, like, being able to have this, like, brief moment where I was, like, oh, wow. Like, like I was saying earlier, it's, like, when you've been through what we've been through, it's so easy to be, like, oh, I'm inconsequential. But I'm constantly reminded at every turn, like, how much support I have. And it's, like, so, I don't know, humbling to know, like, there so many people are, like, behind me and want to, like, support what I do. It means a lot. <laughs> I can't get over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So, what's another part of yourself, aside from drag, that you kind of would like people to see? Hmm. That's a, that's a heavy question. Because I feel like some people get, like, lumped into, mm. you know, their, their drag persona, yeah. and it becomes, like, who they are, kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of different for everybody. Some people, it's more themselves. And for people like me, it's, like, it's character-based. Like, she's a character. But she's, like, 
my foil. You know what I mean? It's like I'm a lot more gentle of a person. She's not gentle at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that was like the goal when I was making her. So I was like, I want to be this character that I have so much respect for that I'm nothing like because it's like she is the one like you walk into the room and she gets to decide who she wants to have sex with. And then when I'm at a drag, I'm always like, that's oh, cool, guys. Like, I'm gonna be over here. You know what I mean? Like it's like being able to be this other person who's so different than me. So it's like. But I think most people get that when they when they meet me because I like off stage I'm not that person. <laughs> like I don't change who I am when I'm off stage necessarily because I think people really hopefully understand that it's like that's like this like mixture of all these different like elements that I like. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully people know that's not. How <laughs> hopefully people understand that that's not how I at all. But so um, is. There anything else that you kind of like want people to know about you and like who you are as a person? Well, I think that's like so interconnected. Like, I mean, I like we talked about with when we talked about doing this podcast. It's like my the drag that I do is all about like what I've been through. So I think the hard thing for me that I'm trying to do more often is trying to help people to acknowledge that it's like the stuff that I do is all based on what I've been through you know what I mean and I think that's something I wish people understood is it's like the reason I do drag is because I have had so many issues with self-harm and to be able to play around and be celebrated and to like change your physical appearance and be this like celebrated thing is like in direct conflict with self-harm and self-hatred and like all that shit that you go through um so my hope is to, to kind of wake people up to that a little bit and to help them understand that it's like well you don't get anywhere like you don't become a drag queen without having been through like the hardest shit because it's not an easy world to live in yeah so I wish I could talk to more people about that because I think especially with what I do but a lot of my friends I mean it's like well we've all been through so much that makes us feel like we need this like extra push of like no I get to be who I want to be for three hours at night or whatever um but I mean on top of that I mean it's like I think I really want to talk to people about, like, through this, I want to talk to people about, like, self-harm and how, like, how fucking taboo that is. But, like, I'm so... I'm shocked at the constant how frequently I hear people make cutting jokes, and I'm like, that's not this stupid thing that emo kids do. You know what I mean? It's like, it really isn't that. Yeah. And it's remarkable to me how in 2018 we're still, like, we're getting better about certain elements of, like, that childhood experience that I think a lot of people have of, like, anorexia. Because I don't hear a whole lot of jokes about that as much anymore. Yeah. And bulimia and so I mean, I think some of those stuff, uh, they're, they're getting more, so it's getting a little bit better as far as I think people are understanding them a little bit better. But I don't know. It's something about self-harm that people really feel uncomfortable about it, that they make it this taboo thing, which makes it worse. Because it's yeah. like, well, if you can't talk about it, then you're never going to get over it because it's like... Yeah, and then if you make jokes, like, everyone that goes through it will feel like the punchline. Well, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's, like, I don't talk about that part of myself that much. Um, Not even to a lot of friends. Like, I really... There's a lot of friends that I've had that I haven't talked to them about that. But it's, like, everything I do in my life is based around, like, laying on the fucking bathroom floor um, with, like, my keys. You know what I mean? Because I was a smart enough kid to know that, like, you can get a lot of shit at, like, in job interviews and stuff if you have scars, but, like, it's wild to me because it's, like, I think I've, so, I've, a lot of people that I really, um, you know, consider, like, friends and stuff, but it's, like, if you don't acknowledge, like, this part of me, 
then you don't necessarily know what what the the person that you see today is like built off of the, those moments. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And so I don't know. It's an interesting little world, which is why I liked. Um, I mean, you and I met through So We Stand, and that was like a safe space for us all yeah. to be like, "Hi, here's what I've been through." Yeah, like we all um, have trauma. We <laughs> <Here's> all <mine. laughs> we all did have some trauma, didn't we? But like, that was what was cool is being able to like those friendships. Even though I don't see you guys that much, it's cool because it's like our connection was made through the lens of like this person is strong because yeah. of what they've been through. Yeah. You know. And I don't think I'll ever forget that day mm. that we were all sitting around and like Oh, I know. Yeah. And like venting about everything and like describing yeah. like how what happened to us made mm-hmm. made us who we are. Yeah. And I think that it was such an important moment for all of us because mm-hmm. especially for the younger kids too mm-hmm. because a lot of times when you're growing up and you're of that age cuz we were a little bit older than everyone yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And you just don't think anybody understands you at all. No. And so I think it was really important for all of us to really hear that Mm -hmm. all of these people go through shit too. And they've all Mm -hmm. been through stuff too. Because we, like, I, going into it, had (laughs) no idea half the stuff that people went through. Like, because you know, like, because, you know, <laughs> people make assumptions about people, uh-huh, like, right off the jump. Right. we and, all like, do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you think people are one way, and then you hear their story, and you're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, Lauren and and Kaylee's oh were the ones who surprised me the most. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, in, I was in a moment in my life where I was really going through it at mm. that point. Like, yeah. Um, and so that kind of, like, that experience really brought me back. Yeah. You know. I think that was such an interesting... I think a lot about that because that was such a punk rock. <laughs> it really was. I mean, it so was because we did some fucking shit in front of a lot of people that didn't agree with that. And oh, that, yeah. I think, is what's remarkable to me because I don't think at the time I knew how much... How, how countercultural that experience was, but, like, it really was. Yeah, like, thinking about it, like, thinking... That was in 2015. Mm-hmm. Like, and not a lot of that stuff was really even talked well, about. and fucking Hamilton. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that was the, the crazy thing about it, too, is it's, like, locationally... And, and a lot of people that were coming were from, like, the Lakota West area. Yeah, very like conservative. Kind of well-to-do conservative yeah. people. Um, but I, I think there was something really and truly magical, especially that last day that we had. Um, there... Oof. I'll never forget it because I did my little solo. There were so um, many people there that day. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. And I started crying during my solo and I looked up and it was like a bunch of the people that I met through like Rocky Horror and it was like, I want to say it was like Molly and like Amanda Tetzner and Troy and a lot of, and like a lot of them were crying and it was just like, I mean, we were packed to the house and just like something about that energy was really, really, truly remarkable because yeah. it was just like, we were speaking some truths and, like, really going at it hard. Um, and I think our energy really affected other people. And, I, I mean, I don't know. It's It was a weirdly big experience for what felt like just this fun summer thing that we were doing. Like, I mean, I knew it was important, but yeah. I don't think I realized, like, how truly cool of an experience it was until I was like, oh, that was a really fearless thing to do that I didn't realize was fearless at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards I was like, oh, my God, we did that? Like, yeah. In front of some people, because I'll never forget, uh, I don't want to say names, but somebody's mom 
didn't particularly like my presence uh, in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that without even thinking about the fact that it was like, there are parents in this audience, there are people in this audience who probably don't know anything about the gender spectrum, have never seen a drag queen before. Um, I mean, we ran the gamut. We talked about everything. <laughs> we really did, and that was like... Fantastic work by Maddie for putting Absolutely. that together because yeah. she was able to cover a lot of very lot important, of very serious, yes. mm-hmm. very controversial topics and oh, throw yeah. it all in there it to, <laughs> to like a beautifully curated Absolutely. You know, yeah. piece of art. Absolutely. And I'm so proud of her for that. Yeah. I'm proud of us too. Like we fucking kicked ass. I know. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> like, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'll never forget too on the very last day when mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't supposed to come out for the last number because you guys were supposed to do Love You Boeing like just all of you and like I was yeah. normally to the side oh, like, I like came out to Libby Bob I'm glad you did like, even <laughs> though I wasn't supposed to Maddie didn't notice I don't think I, I don't think that she noticed her, and I was like yeah and she was like what like, oh, Amanda <laughs> was out being Libby Bob she was like what <laughs> Because like yeah. I knew all the words too. Of course, because like, yeah. you guys had practiced it. As you all should, yeah. And like I loved it so much that like yeah. I just fit myself right in there. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of powerhouses in that show. Yeah, there was like, a lot of big personalities like oh yeah, you, me, Shanice. Absolutely. Like Shanice really, she killed that. She always does. She yeah. she owns she that. put in work, and I was yeah. so proud of her. And I made so like many good friends and mm-hmm. good connections, and it was just a really beautiful experience. It was. Yeah. I think when we all really needed it the most, mm, absolutely. it was there for it us. Was, yeah, it was like a really strangely like big experience you know yeah like what you said like for what felt like this like fun summer thing Mm -hmm. was actually so much bigger than that Mm -hmm. well that's what's so interesting to me as I think about this a lot I remember like when I was younger and like kind of in high school I mean I I was looking for such like so many escapes and stuff and I was really big into like Gaga in particular and you know continue to be obviously but she talked a lot about like her golden years weren't necessarily when she like did Madison Square Garden her golden years were like lugging her keyboard from bar to bar and being like barely able to eat but being so inspired and like so that's why like I feel like experiences like that and like right now where I'm at in my drag career I'm really trying to like just savor every minute of it because like this is what I'm going to look back on and be like those were the good years because no matter how big you get no matter how successful you get it's like doing so we stand that was that was golden you know what I mean and it was this tiny fucking thing we did in the middle of goddamn Hamilton and like nobody's really going to like see that the way that we did but it was like it ended up being this super golden beautiful thing that like interlocked us all for life that made a big impact on us and like we would never have known it was that thing because it was so small and inconsequential and like just kind of this little ragtag group but it's like that is the stuff that I think at the end of your life you look back on you don't look back on like I made a thousand dollars you know what I mean you don't don't think about like buying your first house as much I think it's like those big moments of like universal like boom that was a big thing that happened that was like supposed to happen you know I'm low-key like about to cry oh my god (laughs) (laughs) cry it out there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that yeah no but you're totally right and I I also want to say that like I love the way that you speak Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that's like, weird to no, say. No, it actually means a lot to me because I'm really insecure about the way I process things. 
because I just it just feels like it comes so naturally to you and that you're just so eloquent <laughs> and that I'm sitting here like you should have your own show like, Thank you. like why am I the podcaster <laughs> like you should be the one podcasting like, <laughs> I would love to podcast I was just thinking about it I was like maybe I should start a podcast someday <laughs> but I should do that you definitely should get into okay. it I think because think I think I think voices like yours are very very important Thank you. And people need to hear them, and people need to hear, you know, this side of Mm. life. There's a lot there. People need to hear the trauma side of life, you know, and 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 humanize Mm. struggle, because I feel like oftentimes people don't do that. Mm. It's very much like, oh, it's all in your head, like brush off your knees and keep walking type Mm. thing, and people don't understand how viscerally a part of who you are. Your daily life, yeah. But I think most most people I know and most people in our generation, that's we had to grow up that way. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if that's every generation, but we're the first one that started talking about it or what, but I see it across the board with most of my friends. It's like, we survived somehow. And now we're like having to deal with the ramifications and like trying to survive past that. Um, but at the same time, it's like kind of beautiful that in my opinion, we're one of the first generations to be able to be like, okay, what'd you go through? What have I been through? What have you been through? And being able to like, communicate that because I think that that in my opinion is what the world is missing is like if we were able to just say like I'm afraid or I'm hurt and be vulnerable that way I think the world would change completely because I think like especially with like drag and stuff like my discussion piece is like fear and the nature of fear and what creates it and um, even just like the last few years I've been like so many people act out of fear all the time Mm -hmm. when I look at Trump supporters I don't look at I mean, it's easy to see ignorance and hatred, but I see fear. You're afraid of the shift of the world. You're afraid you don't have a place in it. And that, like, for me, whenever I start to hate, I'm like, oh, I have to realize, like, everything stems from fear. Every negative thing stems from fear, in my opinion. And, like, that's, I don't know. It's like hatred comes from fear. Like, uh, assaulting people comes from fear. Like, it's all just fear of not getting something or fear of not being worth it. And it's like, if we were able to sit down across the table from somebody that has different opinions and be like, why are you afraid? This is why I'm afraid. I think we would be able to change everything, you know? Cause I think yeah. if I were able to sit down with a Trump supporter and be like, I'm afraid because, you know, 16 trans women died this year. That's why I'm afraid. And you could be like, okay, well I'm afraid because I'm scared of the government and I don't want them to take my guns we can have a serious conversation. You know, but I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, that's legitimate fear. I yeah, for sure. don't understand it fully, but it's like, if we can connect on the depth and the vulnerability, I think we would have different conversations Yeah. instead of what's on the surface, which is hatred or anger. It's like that surface stuff. I can't do anything with it because it's like, you're throwing it at me. But if we were able to dip down into that and be like, where is that coming from? I think things would be different, but that's hard. That's yeah. hard. It that's that's really powerful though. I've never really I've never really looked at life through that kind of lens. Yeah. I think that's really powerful and I think that's really, you know, important to keep in mind because mm-hmm. you're hundred percent right. Thank you, yeah. For sure. It's I mean growing up in the church, you see a lot of fear. I saw a lot of people manipulate each other through fear. Um, like I'll never forget when I was younger. I used to wear all black. I had a goth face, obviously. <laughs> of course. Like, so obvious. Um, not gothy, but gothy. Um, <laughs> but, like, I had uh, a teacher, like, a homeschool teacher, because we went to co-op, call my parents and be like, we're worried. We have concerns. And, like, because of that, the course of my life changed, because I then wasn't allowed to wear 
a certain amount of black pieces. Like, I could only wear, like, one or two black, like, pieces of clothing because of that. And it's, like, what that was is another person manipulating out of fear. Where it's, like, if you were able to sit down and say, I'm concerned because your child looks like the Columbine shooter or whatever. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's where that comes from. Yeah. Instead of manipulating and using your fear to create this change you could have a sincere conversation with somebody and be like, here is where my fear comes from. Um, but uh, that's all I ever saw in church was I saw people using each other and manipulating each other and hurting each other because they were afraid. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many times I heard somebody say like, well, God told me this. And it's like, God didn't tell you that you're acting out of what you think should happen because you don't want this particular thing to happen. You know what I mean? Like even as inconsequential as I had a lot of people where they'd be like, I can't date you anymore because God said I can't. It's like, maybe you're just afraid to hurt that person's feelings and have a frank conversation with them. Did you get like a letter from a dove or something? I mean, honestly, no, I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, God told me that you should. And I was like, well, then God should tell me, not you. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to believe you until... You're not going to play this telephone game, God. Just hit right. Me <laughs> like, hit me up on my direct line. You got something to say, <laughs> say it to my face. But that's the truth to you is it's yeah. like, it's, it's that, that particular community. Yeah. I see a lot of fear and we see where I think our side falls into like hatred and anger because there's a lot of fear of how much power people in the church have Yeah. and seeing how that can be misused and seeing that it often is misused. I fall into that a lot where it's easy for me to get angry and get upset and be like frustrated. But it's like, that just comes from my own fear of like, I was that kid sitting in the church pew. I was that kid. And like, I'm scared for those kids, but my fear doesn't help anybody if I'm using it through the, the anger lens. Like it just doesn't do anything. I need to be able to like either fix it or I need to let it go because anger isn't going to help because that's just fear. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is my thesis. <laughs> this is my sticks and thesis. It's like, fear controls the world. <laughs> next. <laughs> Thank you, next. Thank you, next. <laughs> yup. Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's really insightful. And I definitely... Yeah. I definitely think that everything you went through has made you this person that you are today. Absolutely. Which is so amazing and so inspiring to me. And you're constantly inspiring me. You're constantly inspiring me. Pushing me to to do better and to be a better person and to, you know, go after my dreams. You should. (laughs) You should. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm glad that we inspire each other and I'm glad that I can be a yes for you 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 honestly always have been I mean the first day I met you I was like oh this girl's like fucking fire and like I just thought you were so cool (laughs) I I remember the first conversation that we had do you remember the first conversation that we had I remember because my boyfriend at the time Uh well I had broken up with my boyfriend and we were still kind of like talking or whatever of course and I was telling you about it and I was like yeah like I mean he's kind of a piece of shit Um, but there's this other kid yes. who I go to school with who's really cute that yeah. I'm thinking about hitting up, but he has a girlfriend, but I don't really care about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you were like, girl, go for it. You know like, like, she's not, a, she's not a fiance yet. No, like, not there's yet. still room. There ain't no ring. <laughs> I was just like, okay, she's so cool. I'm going to be friends with her. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's like what's cool about like what you do is it's like you are uh, somebody who is 
opening spaces and continues to open spaces for other people. Like, this is a space for other people to talk. You're, what, you start another show? Yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, two shows where people can come and bring poetry or music or whatever. And, like, that's, I think, what is so important is it's, like, we're able to... What we need in the world is to break down those boundaries. I mean, because, like, what we do is, like... Or, well, my, my crew is, like, the odd crew, so we're all about, like, being alternative and, like, taking it there. And I do, like... Um, a lot of performances that are, like, based on that. I have one, the 13th, that I'm going to, like, that's, like, my, my therapist and I were talking about, like, how I have a hard time being super vulnerable. And, like, I don't cry in front of people. So when I do vulnerable pieces on stage, that's, like, a place where it's safe for me to cry in front of people. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, every now and then I like to pull stuff out like that. So that would be a great place to, to kind of let that, you know, let that vulnerability show and stuff. Because, like... Yeah. That is where I think that's what changes people's minds, you know? Yeah, for like sure. like, allowing people to have this conversation. And I think more people need to be involved in drag. I really do. I think that... It changes your life. Oh, I think... <laughs> I, really yeah, does. I think that me even, like, going to a drag show for the first time changed mm-hmm. my life. It, it was, like... Life. It, it It's just, like, you don't understand how inspiring it is mm-hmm. until you're just sitting there and watching these people mm-hmm. unapologetically be... That's... Be the stars, it. you know? Yep, it's, like... It's, it's really, it's just so inspiring mm-hmm. and it's so like, it's just so awesome and then you, you just like <laughs> yeah. feel so hyped Absolutely. and it's like, it's, it's literally yeah. like you're watching a show and it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, I actually took my boyfriend to yes. the main event show that yes. I came to see you at and, <laughs> yeah. um, at first he was like timid about it. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, he's never been to a drag show. I mean, I get you know? that though. Cause he's like a cute straight boy and cute yeah. straight boys will get he's fucked with the drag He's a cute military show. straight boy. I know. So. Like they will get fucked with the drag shows. I always go bad about it. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. But that's um, a little deep. And so like I brought him and then he was like, no, that was actually super fun. Good. He was yeah. like, I really enjoyed that. And he was like, I Good. thought it was going to be like a lot more extra than it was. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I understand that because yeah. a lot of times, you know, it can be extra. <laughs> yeah, it can be extra, and like on yeah. TV and stuff, they like to. It's different. Yeah, yeah, they like to, you know. But that's what I think. Again, like I was saying earlier, that's what I wish people understood. Is it's like, as much as there's queens that I maybe don't like or don't get along with, it's like when you walk into a room of drag queens, it's like these people have all been through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every single one of these people has like been through the hardest shit because in order to be a drag queen, you have to. So you're really just seeing people. Um, like I always think of this quote by a drag queen named ham sandwich <laughs> the one and only but she said like you walk around every day and people call you like a faggot and like you're that person but then for three hours you get to be Beyonce and it's like what you're seeing is people who have seen I don't know I mean it sounds dramatic but they've seen death and they've survived in there this is like I'm showing you my backbone you know what I mean I'm showing you the strongest best parts of me um so I I think that's like the goal is like you send that energy out into the world and then people who are at the show pick it up and like take it with them oh that's the hope at least yeah. if you do your job that's yeah. the hope right, right. <laughs> it's like a, an energy transference <laughs> yeah yeah because that, yeah that's what did happen to my boyfriend he was like i had so much fun he good was, like, i oh, i was like talking to him and i was like i couldn't tell i was like are you he's really he's just he like really like kind of nervous yeah but... he's really like shy and socially awkward yeah so i was like you're good don't you worry know. about it being, yeah being in those situations <laughs> for him in general are probably yeah, weird but he had a good time which was yeah. really cool but yeah I think that's so important, and I think mm. that more people need to realize that and understand mm. it. And I think yeah. with my art, too, as well, like, that's why I do poetry. Absolutely. You know, to, like, oh my God. E- explain who I am and kind of give people, you know, an idea into mm. who I am. And to kind of, like, pretend I'm in control of my trauma for, mm. like, five seconds, you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so I yeah. think 
that's important in whatever art that you do, whether it's mm. writing, drag, you know, mm. music, whatever the fuck you like it's to do. It's the same process. Like, yeah. it's very similar. Yeah. But you leave with that same feeling. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, um, yeah, I mean, I, like, every time I've been uncensored society, I'm like, I'm going to go write poetry. I want <laughs> yeah. to poet now. Like, right. And I always check it out, but it's like, it's that same vibe where it's like people are really showing you the core of themselves. And I think that that's, like I said, like that's the stuff that the world needs. It's like, that's what we're all hungry for is this like super deep connection of like, Oh, you've been through that. I've been through that too. And then I think in our daily lives, it's like, well, we're so used to the, the rhythm and like the vibe of like your everyday life that you don't get to have those super deep connections with people right. on a daily basis, but having spaces where it's okay for you to go up and be like, me too. Like exactly, yeah. yeah. Like this is what I've been through. Really does make all the difference in people's lives. It really does. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> We've covered a lot of really good, We've really important topics. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this was like low key a therapy session. It really was. Like, really yeah, I knew it would be. I was like, I can't fucking wait. I mean, <laughs> I'm fucking vibing it. Honestly, like it's yes, the best. me too. And the full thing was recorded, so everybody can hear a little therapy session. Good. I hope so. A little therapy session once they've been done. Hopefully, other Let's people talk. can relate yeah, and so. get something out of it. Yeah. Is there so. anything else you want to like leave us off with, or say, or? Promo any of your future I mean, events coming up? Yeah, come see me at Odd. Like, we have an Odd once a month at the Mockbee. Um, and it's, like, all alternative drag. It's all about, like, kind of letting your freak flag fly. Um, so I do that a lot. Um, that's on the 13th, right? Yeah, we have one on the 13th. Okay. Um, that's just... Sometimes we have themed shows, but this show is just kind of, like, bring your bring your weird, do what you want to do. <laughs> um, so that'll be fun. I'm sure there's probably going to be some Christmas numbers in there, too. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of that, and you can catch me on Instagram, you can just, just come find me, that's the thing, that I'm like, I don't look fun and approachable, but, like, just talk to me, because <laughs> like, I want to, like, with your, with your contacts in, and... right, I'm like, what, I don't get it, like, what do you, what's the problem, like, I look like a normal girl, <laughs> I always say that when I'm, like, hosting shows, I'm always like, I'm just like you, you know, like, I'm just like a girl who works at TJ Maxx, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, I will make cool. sure to plug all of your socials Thank in here you. so people Appreciate can find you and come yeah. out and see you. Please do. Um, Sticks is an amazing performer. Thank you. If you have a <laughs> chance to go see her, do it. Please. <laughs> it will change your life for the better. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and well, all right. I think perfect. we're done. Yay. Yay. That was awesome. <laughs> Want to join the conversation? Feel free to contact me, manicpodcasting at gmail.com, and find the rest of the episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and manicpodcasting.simplecast.fm.